Hey guys, welcome back to Ravenhawk Tech. Uh, gonna be trying some new things here, especially since we're under quarantine and trying to do the, well, not really quarantine fully, I guess, but self uh, so distancing. What is, I keep forgetting the stupid term. Social, social, social distancing. distancing. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, so out of my friends and people that I know, you're pretty much the go-to person when it comes to cryptocurrency and since, the way that things have been, just like the market actually has gone down in general. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed huge fluctuations in the crypto market. And some are saying, of course, that uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies or the altcoins have basically not proven to be as disaster proof as people think they're to be. What's your thoughts on that? Well, Bitcoin is definitely a strange asset. Nobody really understands it. Um, but what, from my understanding is, is that it is not backed by gold, but by a commodity of human interest. Right now, the interest is not there because everybody's stuck in their home, not able to trade it. So if you think about it in the long term, it's going to be doing well and it's going to fluctuate just like it always has for the last 10 years. So real, real it's quick, not going to real quick though, you said that people can't trade it, but I mean, it's digital. Yes, uh, but it's still a tradable asset as in you can trade it online. But the end goal for it to actually climb in a price is for the user to be able to physically trade it in person. So that way you don't have to, you know, use cash or anything else as your currency. So that's where we're losing right now is because it's not being traded as in human to human without a uh, exchange. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so it's really hard to say that we're doing bad because right now we're not trading. And that's the end that we have right now. Okay. And I was hearing some stuff. I was listening to PBR and some of the other stations and stuff. And early on during this whole thing, when China was on more of a lockdown and things like that originally, um, which of course they still are, but there was a lot of miners that were tied into the um, power grid and stuff for the factories. So when these factories are closing, apparently some of the bigger miners, they couldn't even get to their facilities. Did you hear mm -hmm. anything about that? Uh, I did, but it's just speculative right now because um, what's happened is, is they overgrossed on mining equipment. They spent too much money in getting this new equipment, and they put the equipment in a spot to where they're losing power, they're shutting factories, and you know that's one thing why some of the hash rate went down, but it's still a consistent hash rate at the moment for mining. So everybody's really not losing right now. They're actually gaining because the price is so low. Uh, but in the future, whenever it halves, that's where an issue is going to be. Uh, uh, mid to early May. Speaking of which, um, can you explain having? So basically, as far as I know, I know that like there's only so many bitcoins that can be generated, and they do this every so often to basically, I guess, what get more room, or what exactly is halving do? Uh, having is whenever you generate cryptocurrency it's it's what happens is you have a blockchain let's start at the very beginning you have a blockchain and this is a chain of series of transactions 
Uh, this says who mined what. Let's start at the very top of the block. Uh, at the very beginning, it was 50 coins per person. I mean, per block mined. Uh, and each, each individual would be getting that full amount plus a transaction fee. So it's not just 50 um, uh, reward. It is 50 plus whatever the fees were required to build that block. So uh, having this block that gets generated every 10 minutes or so um, becomes have. So instead of 50, you get 25. This happens at about every four years. Um, at a rate of uh, its hashing rate, which makes it completely harder to get that have the mount. So as the hash rate goes up, it makes it harder, but then the half uh, then the having causes you to get less for your higher hard earned hash rate. So you got to double your consistency of hashing every four years just to keep a consecutive income. Okay, so for um, let's say the video game nerds in the audience here, it's like basically say for example you're in a game like World of Warcraft or something, and there's a level cap. So as you, if you're fighting in the same area, your rewards that you get, your benefits that you get are going to get lower and lower because your stats are getting higher and higher is basically kind yeah, of what we're looking at. Thinking about if you get 100 points for every 10 kills and then at 50, those reward, that those points that you get become halves. So you would get 50 for every, you know. 10 kills and so forth and so on unless you go to a great yeah, exactly. exactly yeah so i think and honestly i don't know if i've ever heard it put in that type of model but i think it <laughs> covers it pretty well well mining is actually one of those things it's all about chance um you have uh the same chance as a big mining factory as you would um by yourself it's still it's chance just like that. But the problem is, is they have multiple machines. Um, so that's actually the reason why I believe Satoshi Nakamoto actually left the crowd because he's seen ASCII come in and then he just, he wanted it to be a free open market. And then you had big players come in and still up all the hash rate. And that's what he didn't like. Now I've been hearing and I've been looking into, cause as you know, I got interested in this and I was, I know I'm late to the game, but then again, I wouldn't have the money in the area to really do large mining equipment and having to deal with the noise of it. Um, but I've, I've learned some stuff. I've looked into some things. I do know that there's some terminologies that some people get kind of confused on, such as G CPU mining, GPU mining, ask or ASIC mining, uh, storage mining like my neighbor does, things like that. Is there any of them that are better than the other, that are affected differently, so forth? All right, so they're all really tied behind an algorithm. So this algorithm determines the proof of concept. So um, there's other ones that are called proof of stake which means you got to have the asset, you got to put the asset into a hold, and that hold generates a uh, residual, basically. Every time you keep it in there, it's like putting um, bonds, almost. But you can't cash out without getting the profit. So if you cash out early, yes, you, you just basically you don't get nothing from that. But that's just proof of stake. That means you're staking your 
your actual asset. So it just depends on what your available resources are to help which type of asset. Um, for example, there's another one that's going to be coming out that's called proof of propagation. This is the where bandwidth is actually being used as a mining. So this is actually going to be a new one that's coming out. That's probably the one that's going to be the easiest one to share because it's not about how much storage you have. It's about being connected to the Internet. Yeah, which we already know from the current state of things <clears throat> uh, as Netflix, for example, not a sponsor, uh, <laughs> is basically saying, yo, yo, back up, slow down, drop to SD quality. You know, the CDN networks are overtaxed because everybody's working from home and having to stay home. So in a mining that's going to be bandwidth related, wouldn't that be the same thing? It wouldn't be really about streaming like news people would do. Um, it would be about holding data. Let's say, for example, this stream. What if it is saved and then put into an archive? But uh, the archive is accessed uh, through a content delivery network. So this content delivery network needs compensation for bandwidth is basically where it's coming down to. So um, what the end result is, is you can go get a one terabyte hard drive. And then what you could do is you could sell your bandwidth and the storage at the same time. So proof of propagation. So if someone wants to pay you for storing and sending the data, that's where uh, the proof of propagation really holds its value, is allowing other people to rent your internet. OK. So but then that that's two things there. You said it rent your internet, but you're also storing something. Yes. So um, like I said, the real value would be the bandwidth part. You still have to hold, at least in memory, the, whatever you're you're holding for your bandwidth because it has to get transferred somewhere else too. Okay. So basically the fastest memory, if you have something with a decent amount of memory that is a decent speed as well as a, um, having a decent internet, and you would probably benefit from an SSD or an M2. Yeah. So, right? but for proper propagation, the whole idea is you, you hold a small part of information. There's right. another server that holds another small part of information, but when you access it, all those small parts come to you at the same time and you rebuild the associated uh, data block. Okay. Now, going back real quick into um, the market, like, for example, a lot of stuff is tied up in the gold standard or the oil standard or whatever. Um, and, of course, this is basically on the blockchain, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, I've been asked or people have talked about it when I've asked or mentioned about cryptocurrency that cryptocurrency is not real. It's not based on anything. And I hit them with, well, at one point in time, people traded seashells. Yeah, we've traded bananas. You know, yeah. um, we've traded everything. Um, I mean, people bought uh, state off of beads to the Native Americans at one point. So, But at the very beginning, what it really boiled down to was consuming energy. Yeah, which mining definitely does. Yes, so that's actually the asset that you're using. You're basically consuming energy, taking money to build something. So you're paying already to build a block. And that block is supposed to compensate you for what you paid for. So this is what actually drives the value of Bitcoin. 
it's commodity human relation source based like it's not about the goal it's about having an asset that you could say this is what the value is of me and what i think it should be so for example if you think this bit one bitcoin is worth a hundred thousand dollars to you and it's under a hundred thousand dollars buy it now buy one bitcoin you know five thousand dollars go buy it now if it goes down to four thousand dollars two hundred dollars don't freak out. You would have bought it at $4,205. It would have went up and you would have been super excited and you would have sold. But the value of it would be to, to try to sell it for 100. So you would buy it and then forget about it. And then if you ever come back and see that, oh, I'm at $80,000 for one Bitcoin, that's when you're like, okay, time to hit my kids to college. You know, think about it as a long term if you're going to be dealing with a, as an investment. Or if you need to uh, quickly transfer from one person to another. So there's a lot of these coins out there um, that are different. That will say this one provides faster communication or this one provides more security or this one runs behind a VPN. You know, there's all these different ones. But Bitcoin has been the hardest one to break down uh, uh, financially because it's actually tied to all those other ones. They trade towards that asset. Yeah, as uh, I've tried like NiceHash before and they have all the different miners that all are trying all the different current altcoins, but then they ultimately end up in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so for, for people who are still looking to get into it, you can use NiceHash. You can do GPU mining. However, as I have currently only one GPU, I have a mining-specific GPU. It's an NVIDIA P106-100. I make a grand total of $0.22 cents in a 24-hour period if I'm lucky. That's actually a lot. Congratulations. That is a lot. But the thing is, is I don't ever get that. That's what mm. it estimates it to be. Um, I've seen, because it, it does its processing in, what was it, every four hours or something like that? Does It, it do, does its thing. Mm -hmm. And the payouts are maybe seven cents at most. I think at most I got uh, 12, but that's before the amount went down. <laughs> yeah, so NiceHash tries to calculate what the most profitable coin is that your GPU can handle. So the problem with that is, is you're not getting the asset, which could be 10 times more in two months. Yeah. So uh, they're converting it for you right then and there. That's that's the issue I have with NiceHash. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of the other ones, MinerGate and several things that I've taken a look at seem like they do the same general concept. So for those people that do want to get into mining, a lot of people get hit with it's not worth it, it's not cost effective, and you it's better cost get... effective right now. Yeah, it's cost effective right now. Yeah, we just went through uh, uh, basically having in the financial um, institutions. So if you think about it, anything that you mine right now is going to be worth twice as much in the next two years. Even though you know, think about it. They just brought in trillions of dollars from the Federal Reserve. You know, stuff that's been locked up for hundreds of years, ever since we, you know, became a country. And, well, and there's people these, that debate about that stuff too. But anyway, sorry. But yeah, they they added all this money back into the economy. What is that going to do? It's going to inflate everything. 
gallon of milk, ten dollars. You're gonna you're gonna see that in five years. I think we're gonna see that before that, honestly. But within five years, you're gonna see that. Yeah. They keep trying to attack the stock market by trying to bail them out to make it look like an illusion. Yeah. As we're not failing, you know, we have we have you, we have your support is basically what they're saying. As in a trust thing, we have your support, you know. But who's to say that they're not buying stocks too of all this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they're going towards the private sector. That means that they're going to own the private sector pretty soon. Well, then you have, of course, the insider trading that just occurred too. Yeah, all these governors started trading all their millions of dollars right, at, right after meetings, and then they're getting on TV saying everything's going to be fine. Yeah. That's uh, why Bitcoin is going to be uh, such a great asset to hold is because in the long term, you're going to see all this money go right into there. These, Even though everything took almost a 50% cut, Bitcoin's had the greatest return so far after this after this cut but the we're gonna see another another low um it's pretty soon it's gonna get deep because we're at the very beginning stages of the recession and we've actually been warned last year we're at the beginning stages of a recession and then right happens every time people get warned is hey everything's great it's going up see and then what happens drops yeah you just know, like in 2008 yeah Exactly. So 2007, everything was going good. There, there was warning signs. Yep. And what happened a year later after the warning signs? We got into uh, an oil war, I think. Was that what it, what it was? Oil? Uh, yeah, there was the... Afghanistan was, and stuff like that. Yeah, that was, in, that was in 2011. We had, yeah, we went from there. It, yeah, so all that insider trading at the very beginning of that recession killed the market yeah so another concern that i've heard is and i've seen several articles where somebody's like uh such and such lost access to their wallet and i know that when you you can generate all these addresses and stuff and they're secure because you know hey if you lose your key you can't get to it nobody can either but that's also a concern to people because they're like, well, if I lose access to my wallet, there goes all my money. Or my well, there's there's the whole concept of doing backups. Yeah. You know, a password protected backup stored on multiple locations. You know, if you really feel that vulnerable to an asset, you can back it up. There's not a worry in the world for a backup that's be behind a, uh, you know, a uh, 32 character password that nobody's ever going to guess within the next few hundred years. Not unless you have a quantum computer. <laughs> well, I and mean, then it would be pointless to attack one thing with a quantum computer spending millions of dollars on probably $50. Yeah, which you could just sell the quantum computer and make back more than that. <laughs> exactly. So it's not really feasible uh, for pricing. For, okay, for, so the, for what it's worth, it's not feasible. There's the online um like for example cash app has the ability to hold uh, bitcoin uh coinbase all these other uh, places where you can actually have a wallet and then there's your hardware wallet so people know what exactly what's the benefit what are they you know can you cover all that um there's multiple types of backups you can do paper wallet hardware wallet you know stuff that's not tied into a physical internet connection um However, there are risks in that. There's always vulnerabilities with 
anything that a human makes. You know, uh, you just have to. They just have to find them first. Sometimes it does get patched up really good and tight, and you can't get past it. But the best way that I found is a paper wallet. Uh, you can generate them on certain websites. I don't have one that I am a particular fan of. I always find a source code and then generate it physically on a uh, closed network machine. Um, even though that could be potentially bad too. So um, download the original Bitcoin client or whatever client that you have, create a wallet, and then do the backup option with that wallet. All of them have it. And then store it with a password on the cloud and on physical hardware, uh, a flash drive, um, anywhere like that. You can copy a flash drive a few times. And if you forget your password to your cloud, you have your flash drive. If you lose your flash drive, you have password to the cloud. Um, well, just don't lose both. Make sure to encrypt your file on the cloud, though, because... Well, yes, I, yeah. of course. <laughs> Put it behind a password. Or um, they even have hardware token uh, devices to where you can encrypt with things like LastPass or something like that on your physical machine. You can encrypt regular data. You can do it double uh, with a physical um, you know, uh, hardware key. Yeah, you showed me that before. I'll put you a link down with that. in the description as well. Uh, you have a you have a referral link for that, don't you? Uh, I do not. Um, uh, I was gonna uh, say if you, you did, I'd drop it in the. <laughs> you can get them on Amazon. There is a bunch of them out there. Just do your research. Um, Google, however, does have one too. So uh, it is called the Google Titan. <sighs> It looks like that. Oh, okay. Interesting. So yeah, it just um, comes with a uh, USB and a NFC USB, uh, Bluetooth, NFC USB, and this one uh, also USB too. So um, the uh, Google makes them. So that's probably one thing is you can not have a password on it, encrypt it and then back it up or encrypt it with a hardware key, and then you'll still have a physical file that you have to decrypt with a hardware key. So there's a bunch of ways you can back it up. It's just storing it behind a password is the most common. Just don't use anything, you know, normal. Like password is not password. <laughs> don't even leak it, though. You can't even just do password with O's and at signs. It's still a password. Yes, yes. The um, word password is the most vulnerable password. Yeah, what was it? God, sex, password. <laughs> what was that one from Hackers movie? Uh, there's, <laughs> there was quite a few. Yeah. So okay, and then one other thing on that crypto key because I've had a couple. There's actually two, two parts. One part is it's a hardware key. It's, it's secure. It has your thing. What's the, what's the way of backing that up? Like right. if that key gets lost or destroyed. All right, so that's the cool feature about it is you can't back it up. Yeah. So well, <laughs> say, but there's another key out there, and it is called Only Key, and this is what it looks like. Okay, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one you told me about. Yeah. So what it has is is this can do a paper backup. You can do a paper backup of this key, 
but it does not back up a few things of all aspects of the key uh, because of the intent of the security. So, for example, if this key gets destroyed right here, you can't recover it. But the same technology is in this one that you, doesn't back up that part either. So if this could potentially not be halfway recoverable. But there is stuff in here that you can tie um, that is backupable. Um, for example, the password to your security file. Um, only key, if you do videos and look at it, they allow you to do um, stored passwords, physical physical keyboard typed passwords, uh, as you store up to 24 of them. So technically, in theory, you can store an entire wallet on this by breaking it up. Okay. Uh, just a private key. You know, that's all you really need. Um, and then it, you can save the public key anywhere, but public key is nice to have to attach to. Yeah. Um, but the private key is the most important um, because that allows you to uh, sign your crypto to another person. But you can save that private key in normal character letters under ba uh, base64, and you can store it within the the key under all 24 profiles. It's going to be a long time to recover all that, and also you can do it in any order you want, like. Number twenty-four slot doesn't have to be number twelve slot, or it has you know you can do a combination. So um, that's one thing you can do in a great world of many possibilities of these security keys. And then okay, so then part two of it, as you mentioned, you have the Google key, right? Yep. Everybody, well, prior to current state of events. <laughs> Uh, was concerned, uh, very concerned about privacy and the fact that all these companies that, I mean, there's a whole video involved on that that I was working with a friend of mine for security, but people sign the EULAs, they sign the agreement, there was all this other stuff, and they're now worried about these companies that are really like spying on them and things like that. So here you got a key made by Google and people are talking about how Google and Facebook and things like this are tracking you. Mm -hmm. So people then who don't understand the key technology, they will go and say, well, what stops Google from hacking that key? Well, um, the, all the code is open source. I can go physically download the code and inspect it for myself. Um, this allows attackers you know, to really step up their game to try to attack this stuff uh, because they have the source code. They know their vulnerabilities. But a lot of the hackers actually attack, control, consume, and then provide feedback towards the company to get more money from the whole vulnerability. Yeah, I've heard that as well, yeah. So um, even though they found the exploit, they used the exploit, and at the very end of the day, they fixed it because they didn't want their assets that they stole to be exploited. Yeah. So let me, let me rob you, but then I'm going to protect what I robbed. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's how this game really works. The patch and everything on how they do all these security features becomes uh, comes to me to where I can inspect it if I want to. I don't have any control over if I want it to be there, but if I find a vulnerability, 
I could be like, hey, look, I found something. And then they're, they're going to be like, okay, fix, fix, fix. And then the next person be like, oh, I found a problem with your fix. And then eventually it gets patched. And after the patch, then you're then we become a secure community because that's what the whole world of open source is. So whenever I say Google open source something, it means they gave it to the community to inspect, secure, and expand, but they still own it. Yeah, they own their core aspects of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the whole. They they own the patent. Okay. And then something that my uh, stepfather-in-law actually mentioned about is at the end of the day, going back to the state of stability of and value of cryptocurrency, if the internet was to die today, what is the value of cryptocurrency? Um, in theory, uh, it would be worth nothing. Yeah. But then again, a solar flare come out and wipe out a power grid causing nuclear meltdowns causing everything else to be nothing too so uh it's all about flipping a coin right you know everybody needs to either protect what they have and keep the world spinning or uh if not then we all fail if the internet fails because that's what we really reply upon to or rely upon to have yeah. the world continue to rotate around us. Well, I mean, and I was trying to explain <laughs> to him also that, like, even the gold standard and our current U.S. currency, just using U.S., not globally, the U.S. currency technically is backed by wishes and prayers? <laughs> well, um, yes, all currency is backed by faith. Yeah. Because what happened whenever they removed the dollar from the gold standard? Then that's exactly what happened. Basically, they turned a dollar into a Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, like I said, I mean, thing stuff is not even backed by anything anymore. It used to be where the money was backed by gold, and then the money was backed by this. Money was backed by money's not backed by much of anything anymore. It's by it's backed by the pretty much the faith in your government yeah. to control the asset and its value. Which with the way things have been makes me wonder why our dollar is still anyway, I don't want to get into too much. Of well, why are we still paying $2 a gallon? If gallon a barrel of gallons is only worth 30 cent. Oh, the gas around here is $30. Yeah. Oh, it has. Well, yeah. that's because nobody's driving that much anymore either. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm in Atlanta. So, you know, so needless to say, the demand for it definitely has gone down. And I'm in an area where it's a big city, so it's really gone down. I mean, it's uh, it's up to, I guess it's $1.96 right now is last I looked at it. No, $1.89, excuse me. So. But still a 10% decrease of what it was. Yeah, because it was on its way up to being close to $4 not that long ago. So the oil companies better be throwing in some money uh, to help with this uh, stay-at-home policy that we have going on. No, I mean, don't you know that probably they're going to get a bailout? The, the oil, too? <laughs> I, I don't know for sure, but I mean, they're, <laughs> they're bailing out everybody here. Hey, uh, I need a bailout. Yeah. 
um, the uh, computer industry is definitely taking a hit, and I'm sure that they're going to be buying a whole bunch of iPhones next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially whenever all this coronavirus stops. It's just going to go back to normal. Everybody's going to be selfish again. What do you mean again? They're doing it now. Well, more. <laughs> more selfish. You know, be, the, at least they're helping the um, the elderly, kind of. They're helping the homeless, kind of. You know, kinda. giving them spots to live, to die in. Make them feel better to die, I guess, as if that's what they're doing. They're not going to be able to hospitalize everybody. Well, so yeah. I guess they're trying to make everybody as comfortable as possible to go to sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, it's it's a terrible thing to say, but it's all we can do is either help or um or you know, give people what they need to feel comfortable until all this washes over. Yeah. Washes out, Mr. Mr. Trump. <laughs> but but that's what's happening. We're we're seeing everybody uh in their selfish greed come together. It's still greedy now, as in financial markets, but at the end of the day, we're helping everybody relax, feel more comfortable as we get through this. That's the only thing we can do because we can't have all these hospitals, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have the hospitals. There was uh, – what was it? There was a hotel in Cobb County that uh, basically was taken over for beds as well. Mm-hmm. and um, parking garages and things like that. So what I love hearing and I get frustrated is, is everybody going, oh, well, this is not real. And it's da, da, da. I mean, yes, there is hysteria because it's an unknown and there is some stuff going on. But when you hear people going, oh, this is not real. This is not real. This is fake. This is made up by the government, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it, it gets frustrating because, yes, it's real. There is stuff going on and it's really affecting a lot of people. I mean, one of my team members, his wife lost her job just because of this. She got indefinitely furloughed. Furloughing. I mean, yeah. Hey, furloughings where they're telling you that you have to work for me whenever you come back. Is that what that is? But I'm not going to pay you? Yeah, it's like you still have a job, but you're not employed. Well, yeah. when I was a contractor um, at IBM, um, IBM, I had to um, actually, I our team had le- thankfully the least amount, but um, we had furloughs as contractors all the time. It's like, yeah, you you have a job when we have the money to bring you back, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of places that are cutting their workload and people that are not able to go. I mean, here's the sake of argument. This bug affects people who are older, mostly older and people that are already having pre-existing medical condition are the ones who get the more severe things from what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I go to, I drove through McDonald's the other day, right? The cashier was an older guy because all of the younger kids decided to go and stay home. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is ridiculous to a point. It's ridiculous because that guy can't, Basically, he can't afford to not go in is most likely the reason why he's there. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's really bad for the people that are elderly and that are sick because 
there's a large number of people who basically go, well, this only affects a small population. And it's like, uh, yeah, I'm glad you're happy with 68,000 people or more getting sick and dying. Great. Well, you could also respond back with, well, your parents are in that small population. Yeah. And, and then they don't think about that. You know, oh, my parents are not vulnerable at all. You know, oh, they're you know. healthy. Yeah, they're healthy. They don't smoke. They're 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 seventy years old. I'm like, yeah, yeah. They get around, but they they sure enough can't fight for their life. They get a huge upper respiratory disease, like this. Yeah, you never know what the original outcome. My grandmother's like ninety something years old. Like, wow. But yeah. I fear for her life. I can't go visit her, you know. I mean, they just had, in case I'm a carrier, you never know who is. Yeah, I mean, they because you you can show or you could be a carrier, and not show symptoms. Mm -hmm. Or you can be sick but haven't developed symptoms yet. You know, mm -hmm. you could have allergies, and yeah. that could potentially worsen your symptoms or cause you to be false falsified as symptoms. Yeah. I mean, case in point for me, I'm 34 years old, right? So technically, I'm not in the danger risk. However, I have high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. I have allergies. I have asthma. I have, you know, da 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 da, -da. So I start getting ching 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 So, of course, you know, with me, me and my fiancé and my mother-in-law and my father, stepfather-in-law who lives here, you know, there's always the fear of, you know, and then my mom down in Florida, you know, you know her. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I know people who are potentially able to get sick and I worry, but then I know people that, and close personal people, friends and family who are like, oh, this is no big deal. And it just frustrates me. Mm -hmm. And those actually are the people that are most vulnerable in spreading it. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, you get people like uh, down in Florida, you had everybody in West Palm Beach that were at the beach and up here drive by the gun range and it's packed. Well, the gun range is kind of fun. You don't have to have any contact there. Yeah. You well, know, that's kind of what I was telling my fiance, too, is, is that you're in your own little spot. Yeah, you're definitely in your own. Like, if all you got to do is point a gun at somebody, they'll get out of your way. Yeah, which is a bad thing. In <laughs> but then the golf course was another one, which again, yeah, you can be separated, but you're all driving around in your little golf caddies with your friends. You yeah, know? that would be the problem is as close elbow to elbow contact, you know, and then touching the steering wheel after somebody else, after yeah. they like rub their nose, you know. And then, of course, most of the people that are out playing the golf at the uh, golf at the golf course we passed by are older. <laughs> well, if the older generation stays within their older generation, they had nothing to worry about. Unless one of them got had sick. Yeah, well, by then they would probably get sick quicker because they're not able to fight it as fast. True. Uh, you'll detect it quicker. It stops the spread a little bit faster. I don't know. It's a whole bunch of scenarios. They say between uh, two to 14 days, you'll show symptoms. Well, it's probably age-related, too. The younger you are, the longer it takes for you to show symptoms. I was watching something that said that um, while it does have a, uh, what was it, a week to two-week um, 
incubation period. And after two weeks, yeah, you if you don't show symptoms, you're probably fine. But you'll start to detect or notice some things within four to five days. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And then we're in allergy season. So the people that are infected are staying at home, not infected, thinking that they are. And then they feel better. The After three weeks, they go back out in the town. Then they get sick. So yeah. that's like another – that's like a whole six weeks of them being sick or thinking that they're sick. And it just consumes more time from people's, you know, social it. life. Ah, oh, man. I can tell you, <laughs> gets crazy out there. Yeah, um, this is the world we're in today. Yeah. So to end this video on one other little cryptocurrency note is going back to that. Actually, what was I wanted to say? Oh, with the halving, I just could, just thought about this. Say you had a thousand dollars, say or Bitcoin. Say you had a thousand U.S. dollar versions of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Right, having hits. Do you have five hundred, or do you still have your thousand? You still have your thousand, uh, okay. because, like I said, it's the people that are mining are the ones that that are getting the less profit. So if you had, you know, um, if you had enough horsepower to mine one coin a day, and you're getting twelve and a half coin right now a day. And tomorrow, and tomorrow, having happens. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to get six and a quarter. Okay. So you're spending, let's say, for example, ten thousand dollars a day on electricity, and let's say two thousand dollars a month on uh, financial payments of your hardware, for example. Yeah. So you're making your your 12 and a half back and you're breaking even, right? This is where it's going to, you know, you're breaking even. So as you're breaking even, you're still saving uh, whatever little bit you can get. Let's say you're, you're making $300 after spending all that a day. You're making $300 a day after spending all that. Well, at the very end, if having happens, you're going to be making the 150 a day. Actually, less. You're going to uh, throw all that away. You're going to have to sell equipment. You're going to have to go get back, uh, uh, refinance all your loans for all your hardware. Your electricity is still going to be at 10,000, but you're going to be making uh, 6,125. Okay. So at the end of the day, um, you're not making 150 anymore. So if somebody wanted to get into the crypto world right now, you either have to mine or basically do a, cur- a currency conversion from, say, take $1,000 and put it into an exchange. In this day and age, I think you've mentioned this to me before, but it's more beneficial for people to get into just putting it into the exchange, correct? Yes. Um, you'll actually see more um, income off of trading the asset versus mining the asset. Uh, unless you know a really good hardware manufacturer that will build computer chips for you at dirt cheap. Yeah. And that's the only catch. Is, uh, if you can find someone that will build a chip that does it better, then that's where you'll actually profit, especially if it consumes less power. 
Yeah. And then, of course, the other thing about the power aspect is there's a lot of people out there that basically say that um, mining is not green. It's damaging to the environment. It highly is. It just depends on um, on how much you're using. What was really happening is we're generating so much heat. The heat is the issue. So, um, for example, the last 100 years, we were at a very good average cool temperature. And within the last industrial age years, which is probably since the uh, late 60s, early 70s, is the start of uh, the global heating economic, economic part of it. Uh, is when we started getting more into fire uh, plants, you know, things that generated more heat. And all the technology is starting to spread for this is in the late 70s, or uh, early, uh, around the 70s time. And then as we see that the world starts heating up, even by a fraction of a degree, it is still not cooling down like it used to be, like we're used to uh, based on historic records. Okay. Yeah. So yes, it is very damaging based on then what's, what's they're the, adding another layer of heat to the world. You know what I mean? So what is what's the answer though? I mean, because that's that's a big big issue right there. Well, eventually, it's not going to be cost effective to mine. The hash rate will go down, and then you'll only see transaction fees from this. Um. It's, you're not going to be able to afford to spend the electricity to mine it. Someone's going to get it to be able to – you have to buy this certain hardware because it's the most efficient. If you don't have it, you're not going to be able to affordably mine it for processing transactions. Okay. Hash rate's going to go down because it's not going to be affordable anymore. The trading aspect will still stay alive. Uh, this is why I say if you get into it now – and trading on just consuming and holding the asset at least you'll you're doing a better benefit than uh mining uh for the the green economics of it and then um what's you got the mining aspect of it and then something else that people can do is running a full node um what that does really is it helps speed up the network and that helps verify transactions on the network. But that doesn't really help too much. Um, a full node is really for a person that would be uh, taking a lot of transactions. Okay. Take, like, for example, if you're, doing a, if you're sending 1,000 transactions and you're receiving 1,000 transactions an hour, a full node is definitely beneficial to have because you have all the checking and stuff right there in front of you. Um, in order for it to verify the transactions, you can verify transactions a lot better for the full note. That's the only reason why it would help you is if you're a person that deals with transactions. Okay. But it doesn't benefit in um, being green or any well, yeah, economical yeah. part of it. And you don't get any money for running a node. No, no. You're just. This is why proof of propagation is such a benefit because running a full node would allow you to sell your storage. Yeah. Instead of holding a blockchain full of stuff, you would do a transaction between somebody with information and someone else would be creating a uh, that data for it to be transaction and th that person would be 
giving a key and then it's a lot of technical stuff but you would in the sense get a a uh basically a vault and this vault's not attached to a blockchain it just says what happened and who did what with the original payment from a previous vault so it's like a vault with a vault with a vault instead of a blockchain um the instead of like the blockchain idea where it's everything stored in a line you just have a vault and you pass the vault around and with the private key unlocks the vault and allows you to divide it up okay um and then the one other thing that i saw which we talked about which was running a pool um a pool is very i don't know how regulated they are now um yeah. or how trustworthy a, a pool could be um, but it is a lot of work, a lot of bandwidth, um, a lot of upkeep. So, um, and you still got to put money into it to get it started from what I see too. Uh, like, depends. Um, uh, mining pools are, you just, yeah. The only time you would put money really into it is to start building a hash rate for yourself. Yeah. yeah if you wanted to start a pool from scratch, that's what I'm saying is you'd have to put money in and it may be, technically cheaper than buying the mining hardware but then not only do you have to put that money in but you also have to attract people to use you exactly because there's been a lot of you know bad uh, pools out there that will get you to mine on their stuff and at the very end of the day they're not paying you for it yeah or they're taking a huge percentage or there's no support so if there's an issue you can't talk to nobody to fix it yeah, true. Or you have people that, oh, well, you have to use this one, so download this particular miner, and then it's uh, malware or something. Mm -hmm. Then your private key gets stolen, your password gets stolen, you know, not a lot of fun comes with that. All right, well, I do appreciate you for your time and getting this information out there. Um, like I said, if you have any referral links for the crypto keys or any other stuff, I'll be more than happy to put them down there in the description. And um, hey, if anybody has any questions, comments, or concerns, um, we can always you know have Bradley come on back and uh, do more videos. So all right, man. All right, sounds good. Have a great day, everybody. See you later. Bye.